discuter de tout ça. I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, whenever it may be, wherever you may be, and however you may be hearing my voice. Whether it be via download through one of the many podcast platforms, or if you are listening to the premiere on the Alternate Current Radio's live stream, I appreciate you tuning in and joining me as we attempt to navigate the shark-infested waters of the agenda-centivized media and look past the propaganda. This is your daily dose of what's currently all the ruckus. What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. As reported by Benzinga.com, deodorant company Axe has officially launched a limited edition scent inspired by Dogecoin after dropping several hints over the past few months. The fragrance company has already sent out the first batch of samples to popular Dogecoin personalities, including one of its creators, Billy Marcus, who shared pictures of the quote-unquote Doge can on Twitter. Quote, we're going to the moon, reads the card enclosed with the Dogecoin body spray. This isn't a scent to stop and celebrate how far the Doge army has come. It's the scent to rocket us all the way there, end quote. The packaging on the can itself depicts a picture of the Dogecoin mascot, a Shiba Inu, against a backdrop of the moon with text that reads, quote, 48-hour crypto scent with a dank musk, end quote. Dogecoin rose significantly in popularity and price this year after backing from Tesla CEO Elon Musk, but has fallen over 73% in value from its all-time high of 73 cents in May. Baby Dogecoin gained a considerable portion of its value today in a move that defied the overall direction of the crypto market while also exceeding the momentum of most of its peers. According to coin market cap data, baby Dogecoin's price skyrocketed by nearly 70% from its 24-hour low of 0.00000012 cents to a high of 0.00000002187 cents before settling at a price of 0.00000001955 cents as of press time. Earlier today, the coin came tumbling down just as Bitcoin fell below $30,000. Baby Dogecoin later drastically inverted its movement's direction. Its big brother, or rather father, Dogecoin, traded over 8% lower in the early hours of today's morning. The whole crypto market crashed following speculation about the hostility towards crypto by the United States regulators. 
A recent announcement by Zach Prince, the CEO of crypto lender and interest account provider BlockFi, reveals that his firm has received a cease and desist order. The order in question was sent by the New Jersey Bureau of Securities, intending to stop the company from offering interest-bearing accounts to new customers in the state, presumably suggesting that the service is in violation of securities regulation. Still, baby Dogecoin is just a dog, and he does not care about all of this human business, so it decided to rally despite all of that. You're listening to Alternate Current Radio, I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Ruckus. Howdy folks. In case you didn't know, there are an alarmingly large number of meme coin spin-offs of Dogecoin, which itself is already a meme coin. And every time one comes around and does pretty well and has a large following behind it, such as Shiba Inu or Baby Doge, they're cheekingly referred to as Doge Killers. Yeah, the cryptocurrency space is a strange one. And although today's show is not about cryptocurrency, it is about dogs. Denver 7 News in Colorado reports, It's been more than two months since an off-leash dog attack injured a Denver man and almost killed his dog, and he and his family are looking for answers. Tom Pagler loves walking with his small chipper dog named Lucky. There are plenty of open spaces for them to walk around in his 55 and up living community in Green Valley Ranch. Pageler says, quote, We just love her personality. She wants to play all the time. She's full of joy, end quote. But the last two months have been about recovery for Lucky after she was almost killed by two off-leash Rottweilers in a nearby park. Pageler says the two dogs attacked him and Lucky on May 8th as they were on a morning walk. Quote, I got one deep bite in my right hand. Then they got me somehow across the forehead, about a three-inch gap, Pageler said. They had her in the emergency room for 12 hours that day, end quote. Lucky suffered deep bite wounds to her shoulders and stomach. Pageler says if he had not acted quickly, Lucky could have died almost immediately. He said, quote, I could see one of them got into her, and it was a bad bite. They were trying to kill her, end quote. Denver Animal Protection is investigating the case and Pageler and his wife Mary say they are trying to get answers as well. According to Denver City Law, dogs are required to be secured on a leash at all times unless they are in a designated city dog park. Denver police did not respond to a request for comment, but Pageler says investigators are continuing to search for the off-leash dog's owner. The Denver Channel.com Wow, it sounds like he was lucky to have escaped with his life. I wonder if that's because he's a man, or at least identifies as one, or whatever. Because you know what they say, dogs are a man's best friend. So it's a lucky thing that he isn't a woman, or that he doesn't live in El Paso, Texas. Where KFOX14 reports, El Paso police are investigating after a 59-year-old woman was reportedly killed by dogs. The gruesome incident took place on July 18th 
On Royal Arms Drive, the news release from El Paso Police Department stated, A woman returned home to find her mother being mauled by the family dogs, the news release said. West Side Regional Command Center received the call and officers arrived at the scene around 6 p.m. Crimes against persons detectives discovered dog bowls full of food, water, and the dogs appeared generally well cared for, officials said. Detectives believe two pit bull dogs killed the woman. This is a developing story. KFOXTV.com. Yikes. So we have one man attacked by a stranger's dogs, and a woman attacked and killed by her own dogs, apparently. That's a real shame about both of these stories. I happen to be huge fans of both of those breeds of dogs. Rottweilers and pit bulls, and they certainly fall into the small handful of dog breeds that get a bad name, thanks to stories like this. So apologies for contributing to the FUD about the pups. And I promise you, I personally have never had anything but good experiences with both Rottweilers and pit bulls. And I don't believe for a second that dogs are inherently evil, whether or not influenced by the particular breed that they are. And these two bad examples aside, dogs for the most part truly are man's best friend. Or are they? Science shows that dogs, in actuality, are spoiled, selfish brats. According to The Takeout, for centuries now, we've been swallowing the propaganda that dogs are man's best friend. A dog will do anything for you, we're told. A dog will travel 500 miles to return to your side. A dog will run for help if your child falls in a well. If you have a dog with you, you're never alone. But now, it seems, there are limits to canine love and loyalty. Scientists speculate that humans and canines first became friends when humans began sharing their food with wolves, who eventually evolved into the cuddlier, more domesticated dog. And since then, humans have been feeding dogs regularly, sometimes as bribes to ensure continued good behavior behavior, but also sharing scraps from their own plates. Recently, however, a team of scientists at the University of Veterinary Medicine in Vienna, Austria, began to wonder if this worked in reverse. If given the chance, dogs would share their food with hungry and helpful humans. The researchers trained 37 domestic dogs to operate a dispenser that would release food if the dogs pressed it with their noses. I'm sure this part wasn't hard. Then, the dogs were moved to separate enclosures. In the first stage of the experiment, pairs of humans guarded the button. One human was helpful and dispensed food for the dogs. The other human did not. In phase two, the humans and dogs swapped roles. The dogs got to dispense food for the humans, but the dogs did not treat the helpful and unhelpful humans any differently. The experiment was based on principles established in previous studies, that dogs would help other dogs who had helped them out previously, and that dogs can distinguish between helpful and unhelpful humans. But this experiment failed to synthesize the two ideas, that dogs would reciprocate aid from humans. Either that, or the dogs didn't understand what they were supposed to be doing, which is also a possibility. The scientists wrote up the study in the journal PLOS1 anyway. So now, all of us who grew up believing Lassie was sort of like a documentary may have to adjust our worldview. Or maybe dogs will save us from drowning. They just won't 
feed us. TheTakeout.com. You know, not gonna lie, folks. For the longest time, I've suspected that the only reason dogs hang out with us humans is because we give them food. Apparently, I may not be that far off, according to science. But all kidding aside, it is another new psychological finding about our canine friends that we shall turn to next. Because apparently, a wave of dogs with severe behavior problems has trainers seriously alarmed, reported by Vice. One of Mark Patrick's clients jumped out of a second-story window. Another burrowed through a wall to get out of their home. A third busted out of three heavy-duty crates. And all three of those incidents happened in just the last few months. As a professional dog trainer, for over a decade, Patrick has taken on severely unruly and anxious canines from time to time. But as the pandemic puppy generation started aging into their teens, once extreme cases became a shockingly common part of his work. Since early spring, Patrick has started his day listening to the 20 or more voicemails from dog owners desperately searching for a trainer for their pandemic pets' behavioral crises. He can hear the worry in their voices, especially when they plead, my dog is out of control and I don't know what to do. And as much as he'd like to take all of them on, he's currently booked over a month out, and that's working 12 to 16 hour days, seven days a week. Quote, I used to do four group classes a week, and now I do 14, said Patrick, who is president and CEO of Tuxedo's Canine Training Camp in Rochester, New York as well as the board chair of the Association of Professional Dog Trainers. I used to see two private clients a day, but now I see five or six. I am completely overwhelmed, end quote. Last year, as quarantines rippled across the country, man's best friend was heralded as a sweet, furry antidote to loneliness, stress, depression, and children in need of companionship. Roughly 12.6 million households took in pets between March and December of 2020, according to the American Pet Products Association. While many outlets reported on a pandemic pet adoption boom and a surge in puppy prices, a Pet Point report found that adoptions were actually down 18.9% in 2020. Kitty Block, President and CEO of the Humane Society of the United States attributes that to fewer dogs being surrendered to animal shelters last year, and therefore fewer adopted into new homes. That aligns with Pet Point's report, which also found that owner surrenders, stray intakes, and law enforcement seizures were all down more than 20% over the previous year. Theoretically, if there are fewer new pets, Patrick should have less work. But the onslaught of new clients, particularly first-time dog owners, has been unlike anything he's ever experienced. And he's not alone. Across the country, dog trainers have seen an extraordinary swelling of business, especially as people go back to the office or spend more time outside of their homes. It's practically an epidemic of very severe dog behavioral issues. Bridget Murphy, co-founder and CEO of Koru Canine Dog Training, said each of her 16 locations is currently booked three months out, including the eight that opened in response to the pandemic. Quote, we're seeing ridiculously high volumes, Murphy said, and then we're seeing a severity of behavior that is absolutely unprecedented. 
end quote. Humans have successfully raised puppies and integrated new dogs, the first domesticated animals, into their families for tens of thousands of years. Arguably, many behavioral issues, separation anxiety, leash pulling, and all sorts of bored trouble, are a side effect of a modern life. If humans worked for millennia alongside their dogs, which were bred within cultures for practical reasons, it's perhaps no surprise that former hunting and herding work dogs need significant adjustments to humans' more sedentary and secluded lives. The answer to that has long been dog training, with the weight of animal behavioral science and conditioning techniques behind it. Any trainer will tell you that training should start early, immediately shaping desired behaviors, instead of the more arduous process of attempting to undo now ingrained undesirable ones. Murphy said it's critical to start teaching family members about rules, structure, and boundaries in a way that makes dogs feel safe as soon as they are brought home. When dogs don't have an understanding of what is expected, there's often confusion and conflict. And while COVID-19 may have exacerbated some problems, some pandemic pet owners, particularly some first-timers, didn't seem to learn the basics of puppy and dog rearing before getting one, waiting until problems became untenable before calling a trainer. Pandemic puppies may have been the seeming quick fix to social isolation, but a significant number of new owners didn't seem to consider their animals' own long-term needs. For some dogs with severe behavioral issues, the problem the problem is that they are overly reactive because they were largely kept at home and under-socialized as a puppy. Even the littlest things can set them off. A person wearing a hat, a particularly tall man, a gust of wind. Quote, My assumption is that people have a deep misunderstanding of what proper socialization and exposure is, and therefore didn't do anything because they thought they needed to be in close proximity to do so, Murphy said, referring to the difficulties of introducing their dogs to different stimuli and attending in-person group classes during a respiratory pandemic. One of the biggest misconceptions, Murphy noted, is that socialization is just thrusting a dog into situations with new people and animals in the hope that they learn to be friendly. In reality, proper socialization means the dog learns to be neutral, not aroused or excited, but rather indifferent to its environment, a skill that takes time to build up to. Similarly, she usually advises her clients not to introduce their dogs to strangers' dogs. You don't know how they'll respond, or if their owners are in control of them. Like most humans wouldn't appreciate every stranger on the street coming up and hugging them or getting in their face. Neither do dogs. Quote, Over time, if they think every dog is going to mob them, they start to react to what is making them uncomfortable, so it goes away, Murphy said, adding that it usually manifests in lunging, pulling, barking, or attempting to bite the stressor. Quote, When the other dog in person inevitably walk away, the reactive dog thinks, My behavior made that scary thing go away. I'm going to do that again and be even crazier. For other poorly adjusted dogs, the main issue is separation anxiety, not understanding why the humans who have been with them 24-7 for months on end are suddenly leaving them for long stretches during the day. That results in whining at best, destruction at worst. 
they never learned how to be by themselves because their pet owners did not work on training them ahead of time for when they would no longer be at home all day. Quote, People think separation anxiety happens because they want you to come home, but that's not true, said Fana Easter, owner of Positive Pooch Behavior and Training in Dallas, Texas. Separation anxiety is a dog that panics because they don't know what to do when they are left home alone. They need to learn that they'll be fine even if you aren't there. End quote. For those clients, Easter has the owners do practice sessions going in and out of their front door for longer and longer spells, something that would have been easier to start when they first got the dog before it developed anxiety. Eventually, the dog will learn to settle themselves instead of seeking their people out to soothe them. Quote, we are now seeing dogs that literally cannot cope, Murphy said. We have seen dogs that are chewing up an entire household. We have seen dogs that are completely shut down, drooling, so fearful that they can't even move. End quote. For Patrick and many other dog trainers, they are concerned that if they don't help the dog and its family, there is a greater likelihood that the pet will be surrendered. Quote, I'm afraid that the dogs I can't help are going to end up in shelters and their lives are going to be cut short because of overpopulation, Patrick said, and that is something I live and struggle with every day. End quote. The angst isn't unwarranted. Each year, according to the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, approximately 3.3 million dogs are surrendered. Of those, about 670,000 dogs, more than 20%, are euthanized. Some of those euthanizations are due to illness, but the vast majority are due to unfavorable behaviors or overpopulation. Easter said demand for her business has tripled since before the pandemic, largely because she specializes in separation anxiety. It's the first time in a 30-year career that she's seen this many dogs requiring this much extra work. The bottleneck, she said, is due in part to the increasing number of dogs entangled in serious behavioral troubles that take significantly more time to unravel. Quote, Some of the dogs get so panicked that they end up destroying the home or hurting themselves, Easter said. Some try to chew their way out of the crate and in doing so get broken teeth or sometimes impale themselves on the wires. Others may rip up doors and windows, bloodying their paws and pulling toenails out, end quote. By the time owners contact Easter, who is booked three months out, they are often desperate. At that point, most are unable or unwilling to wait until her next available appointment. And sometimes, by the time she's freed up time for a new client, they've already gone to another dog trainer who used a lot of punishment, making the problem worse, or the dog was given away or put down. Quote, most of these reactivity issues and separation anxiety issues come from lack of structure, boundaries, rules, and communication. The dogs are more confused than anything else, Murphy said. Easter noted that it's also often a matter of the owner not knowing how to best help their dog or giving up after their initial approach doesn't work. Easter stresses that achieving desirable dog behavior takes time. In a society where we generally have become accustomed to quick answers and fast fixes for our problems, many new clients, particularly the first-time dog owners that are making up the bulk of her clientele right now, seem to think having a trainer work with their dog 
will be akin to downloading a software update on a computer. Quote, clients will come to you and say, okay, I have to go back to work starting September 1st, so we have got to get this fixed, Easter said. It's like, not a car, you know. I'll give you everything I've got, but I can't promise. But you do feel that burden, because you know that if you can't meet that date, then there is a good chance the dog may get surrendered, end quote. Each of the trainers said they wished they weren't so busy. If business was slow, it would mean more dogs were in a good place physically and mentally. And Murphy said this backlog for trainers is just quote-unquote the tip of the iceberg, and that it's likely going to be hard to find a qualified dog trainer for a while. Quote, you feel so guilty all the time, Easter said. You think about it and try to rationalize taking on more clients, because maybe that'll be the difference in some getting surrendered. That's the part that eats at me the most. Can I see more dogs? Can I find another way to do more? It is something I struggle with. End quote. Vice.com. Well, I must say that that could very well be the very first Vice article I've read on the Daily Ruckus that doesn't appear to be journalistically compromised by propaganda or political influence. So that's good. However, I don't like the author's choice of analogies when it came to describing the fast-paced, quick-demand world that we live in. The idea that some people seem to think that, quote, having a trainer work with their dog will be akin to downloading a software update on a computer, end quote. Implying that downloading a software update on a computer is some sort of quick thing. It has been my personal experience that that is very much so not the case. Especially when it comes to Windows updates. Speaking of which, I have to go take care of this little pop-up in the right-hand corner of my computer. So if y'all don't hear from me again for another week or so, at least you'll know why. And you can rest assured knowing that Bill Gates' new product didn't get good old ruckus here. Just, unfortunately, Bill Gates' old product. For the ACR, I'm Adam Clark, and this has been the Daily Ruckus for Tuesday, July 20, 2021. For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com.